Thank you for joining us for this message from Cornerstone Community Church in Lynchburg, Virginia. Here's Pastor Willie Taylor. God has not given me a really, really nice, really, really great sounding uh, message that you can say, whoa, that rhymes. That's really good. Yes. Uh, He's just given me what he wants me and us to be doing in 2021 and on. I don't have a a New Year only message for 2021 and then 2022 is something different and it's different every year. He can do that if he wants to. Um, and sometimes he does. But on this occasion, he said, what I want you doing is instructing my body that this is ongoing. <clears throat> it's not something that you can, a New Year's resolution, that you can say, well, I'm going to complete this in 2021, even though we know that most people when they make New Year's resolutions, uh, about two months later, uh, they forgot what it was because it doesn't usually come to pass for most people. Uh, so this is going to come to pass because it's God's word. Because the Holy Spirit is going to bring it to pass. It's going to be done. This word is going to be completed. Not one jot, not one till, not one uh, I owe not one verse, not one word that he has said is going to fall barren. Because he says that whatever he says is going to come to pass because his word does not return void. It accomplishes that which he pleased. It prospers which he sent it. So therefore, it's going to come to pass. So I know what I said last week, and let's review that just a little bit. Uh, we said that uh, one thing is that I gave you five things last 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 week, that be strong in the Lord. And we, we use uh, Ephesians chapter uh, 6 for that. And does he want us to be strong in him? Is it, is it scripture in Ephesians 6? Is it scripture to be strong in the Lord? Yes, it is. Yes, it is. It, 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 it's scripture. And if we're not strong in the Lord, then we are weak spiritually. And he wants us strong. So he said, be strong in me and the strength of my strength. Don't rely on your own strength, my strength. Number two, I said that uh, our vision is love God and love all people. And we were spent a whole message probably, a part of one on First Timothy. And we were in chapter 1. In verse 5, we knew that Paul, the Apostle Paul, said that the goal of our instruction is love. Is love. From a pure heart, good conscience, and sincere faith. Number three, put action to your love. Because love is a is not stationary. <laughs> it's not stationary. God so loved the world that he did what? Gave. He gave. He didn't say, well, God so loved the world, you know, I'm sorry, but you lost. No, he loved the world, so he gave. We need to love each other and do something. Because Good works should follow love. They should. Matter of fact, he says in Ephesians, we said that, you know, um, but God being rich in mercy, and we sang about mercy uh, today and grace, because of his great love, he said, which he loved us, see, he saved our souls. See, by grace, been saved. 
And we know that grace is not anything that we earn. We know that grace is something that God gives us uh, because he is good. Jesus said also, if you love me, he didn't say you don't have to do anything. Don't worry about a thing, you know. Uh, I believe you. I believe you. He said, if you love me, keep my commandments. Keep my commandments. It's still following love from works. Number four was increase our faith. And faith works through love. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. And the last one we went over last week was cast out fear. And, of course, we just sang a song. We're not longer, no longer a, in bondage to fear. You're a child of God. And so perfect love casts out fear, doesn't it? Because he says that the fear has punishment. And whoever fears has not been perfected in love. So the, most of the, the five things that we gave, four of them, had to do with love. And rightfully so, because the goal of the apostles' teaching in the in the epistles, was love. We're going to go through about six, probably, uh, things today and just touch upon them because we have totally 12. We've given you five. We have 12, uh, so we'll probably go over six or seven um, today. And the, the thing is that uh, I'm not going to teach on each one of these, um, just like this five I just gave you, what we want to do, the aim is that we want to come back to each of these 12 things and teach a series. It might be two messages um, per series, uh, I don't know. But even if it were four messages to the series, each, each one of these 12 things, how long will it take us to go through all 12? A year, right? We got one mathematician in here. That's good. <laughs> uh, but, of course, we know that we have Easter in there. We have Mother's Day. We have Father's Day. We have all these things that are sometimes special messages. We have special messages. So, um, But we're going to take time on each one of these. Because if God says that this is important for my body, tell my body what this, what I'm saying I want them to do. The title of the message today, I gave you the series, what God's saying, but the title of the message today is that be determined to be strong, stronger in your house. Be determined, be stronger in your house this year. Start on it. Start on it. We won't ever finish until we get a new body, but we're going to start on it being stronger, being stronger, being stronger. And with the 12 things that I'm giving, anything that you have that is a New Year's resolution for you, It'll fit. It'll fit probably in there. Our house is this temple. I want to be determined, and I want us to be determined, to be stronger. I didn't say that you were not strong. I said be determined to be stronger in your house. Let's look at Matthew chapter 25. Starting in verse 1, and all of you know the story, and we won't probably hit every verse uh, in this, because we have um, from 
verse 1 to verse 13, but I probably won't hit all these because you know the verse, you know the scripture. Then the kingdom of heaven will be compared to ten virgins. All of you know the story. Who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Five were foolish and five were prudent or wise, another version said. Now, they are, they're all doing about the same thing. They're all ten virgins. They, they all had lamps. It says in verse 3, For when the foolish took their lamps, they took no oil with them. But the prudent took oil in a fast flash um, along with their lamps. Now while the bridegroom was delaying, they all got drowsy and began to sleep. So all of them got lamps and five had extra oil just in case. But they all slept. But at midnight, there was a shout. Now, you know it's going to be a shout when the Lord comes. Behold, the bridegroom comes out, of the meet, out to meet him, come out to meet him. Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. So they're still doing the same thing. The foolish said to the prudent, Give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. But the prudent answer, no, there's not enough for, for, for us and for you. Uh, go, go, uh, go and buy some from a dealer, and then you can come back. And we know that while they went, went, a, went away and they came back, we know what happened also. In verse 11 says, Later, the other virgins, so the five foolish ones, also came, saying, Lord, Lord, open up, uh, open up for us. Verse 12 says, But he answered, Truly I say to you, I do not know you. The bottom line, verse 13 says, Be on the alert. Then, for you do not know the day nor the hour. And I wanted to lead off with that because the, the 12 things that I believe the Lord has given me is for us to be prepared, more prepared, more prepared than we are now. Don't rest on what you have achieved. We need to move forward. We need to continue to be strong. Build a strong temple. Build a strong house. Do some renovations. Do what is necessary to be prepared for the coming of the Lord. Because nobody knows the day he's coming back. Nobody knows. And I want to be prepared, and God is saying be prepared. So we want to keep watching, keep working, keep uh, believing, keep loving, keep doing all that he has told us to do in the word of God. And he just gave me 12 things to concentrate on to start being stronger. And so being strong in the Lord is a definite beginning. Be more stronger in the Lord this year than you were last year. Be stronger. Be stronger. Let's look at um, number six. I gave you five, so we're starting at six. 
this is something that is really interesting. And when I look at it, I say, God, can anybody do this? Let's look at Matthew chapter 28, starting in verse 16. You know the account the Lord has been crucified. He was, uh, he's died and rose again. And so he's, he's gone away. The disciples come and they have to meet him. And verse 16 says, But the eleven disciples proceeded to Galilee, to the mountain which Jesus had designated. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some were doubtful. That's interesting, isn't it? Verse 18, And Jesus came up and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me. Is that important? Yes, it's important. Not only because he said it, but but it is true. And we need to know that the one we represent has all authority. He didn't just say, I have some authority. But now you know the devil has some, you know, you know he, he's had some power now. You got to watch out for him. All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Then he says, go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them uh, to observe all that I have commanded you. And lo, I will be with you always, even until the end of age. So that is a challenge, I believe, for all of us. In in all of the world, every Christian, that is a challenge. And I know it's a challenge. I don't know about all churches, but I do know pretty much the churches that I have a relationship with the pastors, that when you are told to go make disciples, he's not just telling those that was there with him at that time. He's saying for all of us to go and make disciples of all nations. Now, if, you, if we're going to do that, we have to know that what he's not saying. He did not say, go and lead People to the Lord. And lo, I'll be with you always. He didn't say, Lo, I want you to go and bring people to church. And I'll be with you always. Those things are important. They are important. To lead people to the Lord. It's important to invite people to church. Matter of fact, uh, one person said that the difference between a, a growing church and a declining church is one word. One word. And the word that he gave was invite. Because he said most declining churches, they don't invite people to the church. They, when they got saved, they did. But after that, after they invited their friends and relatives and neighbors, that was it. And they might have been a Christian for 50 years, 30 years, 20 years. And they haven't invited people uh, to church in many, many years. So the church declined because people get older. But make it part of making disciples. You can't make a disciple 
You can't make a, a follower of Jesus if they're not saved. So we know that that's, that's in there. And we know that everybody doesn't have an outgoing personality like some of you have an outgoing personality. Uh, you, some of you, you see people in, in, in a grocery store and you'll strike up a, com, a conversation purposely to see whether you can pray for them and see whether you can lead them to the Lord if they're unsaved. Some people have that personality. But most people don't have that type of personality. So we have to overcome. That's one of the things we have to overcome is sometimes our uh, shyness. And, and we, you definitely have to, women have to be careful about who you're talking to and things like that. Uh, and men too. Uh, but the thing is you have to be led by the Spirit. That's the key thing. Be led by the Spirit. And a disciple is more than just a, a pupil or a learner. A disciple is someone who is taught, but they make the, the, the teaching that they receive, they make that their rule of life. It becomes a part of them. That's what a disciple is. Because Jesus taught the disciples, but it wasn't just good information because there is another teaching in one, one version say, uh, go uh, uh, teach all nations. Uh, so, but that teach is a totally different word than the word uh, teaching them what I've taught you. The, the first teaching is discipleship. And that's making what you teach them a part of their lifestyle. The other teaching, teach them what I've taught you, is you're trying to give them understanding, their mind understanding. That's the type of teaching that people do uh, when, when, when you're in school. No matter what type of school it is, uh, the instructor is trying to give you some understanding of the subject matter. Uh, but your, your, your teacher, those who are in college, in high school, or whatever school you're in, uh, they, are, they are not trying to make a disciple uh, of you because even I cannot make a disciple of you from this pulpit here. I can teach you, but I can't make you a disciple. A disciple has more contact with the instructor, and so that's why you see uh, that you have people following Jesus around, but you also had disciples that didn't follow him, but they were following his teachings. And they, and they made it a part of their lifestyle. That's what I want to be. I want to be a disciple. I don't, just don't want to be a learner. You can, we, the scripture says we have many instructors. Many instructors. But only a few fathers. Because anybody that's your father, they're going to they're going to instruct you with, um, in, in such a way that it becomes your lifestyle because they want, they, they want you to represent them. And that's why Jesus said, bring up your children in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. That's why um, the scripture tells you that you talk about the word uh, before you go to sleep, when you wake up, while you eat, while you're walking. All the time, it's the word, the word. Put it on your doorpost, the word, because he wants it to be a lifestyle. He wants to, he wants that 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 word that we are partaking of. He wants to be part of us. So therefore, that anything we see, anything we hear, anything we say, any place we go, it is determined by what does the was the word of God say. And by the leading of the Holy Spirit, because the Holy Spirit is our teacher. That's just uh, important. Important. And we're going to go through that more in the future. I'm just introducing you to about seven things. Number seven. Have a desire 
for all that the Holy Spirit has for us. We want to build upon having, we, we want everything, everything that the Holy Spirit has. The Holy Spirit is good. He is God. God is good. So what is it about God that you don't want? What is it can you say, you know, I don't like that God. I don't want that. I want everything that God has for me. Everything. And this is going to be a, another, like I said, it's number, number seven. So it's one of the things he's saying, this is what I want you to do. We're going to build on this thing. So we're talking about uh, going, going, saying, Holy Spirit, who are you? Because I used to have a, a, a life group of just, uh, most of them were college kids. And I asked them, I said, uh, what have you been taught about the Holy Spirit? And they said, well, uh, he's, he's not mentioned that much. Um, and I said, well, I mean, you don't know anything? I know something. I mean, I know he's God, and I know that he's in us, God with us, but I don't know much about the Holy Spirit. So I, I, talked, to, I talked to the life group. Uh, I went from Genesis to Revelation just on every time the Holy Spirit is mentioned, um, the Spirit of God, the Spirit of Christ, um, and they had never been, been taught that before. And I'm talking about people who've been in church for a long time. A long time. And so God says, I want you to teach about the Holy Spirit. And I want you to encourage people to desire all that I have for them. All. So that, so I'll be teaching on the gifts, the manifestations, the fruit of the Spirit, on all of it. And the only thing I want you to do is say, God, I want it all. I want it all. Because everything I teach is going to be in the Bible. Okay? It's going to be in the Bible. Now, and, and I hope none of you say, I don't want no fruit. Uh, I don't even like fruit. And I know nobody's going to say that. But there are people who don't like fruit. fruit. That's number seven. Number eight. Yield to the work of God to develop true, hum- true humility in us. And I know that you wouldn't be amazed, but I know that it's amazing how many of us think that we have humility. And that's why it's to develop true humility. Not false humility, but true humility. Humility makes everything work, really. Because when you think about it, if the scripture says, and it does, God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. So, if we are proud, it, most things are not going to work because God is resisting us. We cannot afford to be resisted by God Almighty who has everything that we have need of. So he says that he wants to yield to his work in us to develop true humility. And, you know, 
that's like somebody said, well, well, why don't we pray for um, patience, long-suffering. Let's pray for long-suffering is, is one of the uh, definitions of patience is long-suffering. Another one is enduring over a long period of time. But nobody that's been in Christianity any length of time going to pray for humility. Because they already know, if I pray for humility, if I pray for, um, if, if I pray for uh, endurance, if I pray for long-suffering, God, they found out already, God's going to have to give you resistance. Like, uh, say, I, you know, I want to build my strength up in the weight room. So I'm, I'm going to take a hot dog with me, and I'll lift it up to my mouth. No, you're going to have to, you're going to, have, to have some weight and th- that's going to resist you lifting. So therefore, if I want humility, it's gonna, he's going to have to give me somebody that uh, I'm going to have to show humility to. If I want long-suffering, he's going to have to give me, put me in a situation where I have to be long-suffering. And I want to be long-suffering, but I don't want to ask that. I want him to see it and, and do it. I don't want to ask for it because uh, I have enough uh, people to be long-suffering with. Because long-suffering has to do with people. Endurance has to do with situations. We need both. We need endurance because we have to be able to um, go through things and we have to be able to stand. If we endure to the end, God said we will be saved. There's some endurance that's necessary, but it's also a fruit of the Spirit. We have to be long-suffering, and that's what people, and so we have to be that way. God wants us that way because he is. If he were not long-suffering, I mean long-suffering. If he were not that, we wouldn't be here. So that's number eight. Number nine out of 12 is be determined to keep the unity of the Spirit. Let's look at Matthew chapter 12. Let's go there. Uh, verse 25. Let's start there. And knowing their thoughts, Jesus said to them, any kingdom divided against itself is laid waste. And any city or house divided against itself will not stand. Will not stand. A divided house will not stand. That's why God wants uh, total sanctification from us. You know, our spirit, our soul, our body. He wants total sanctification coming out of the world system and dedicating ourselves to him like Virgil taught and he'll, he'll probably pick it up maybe next Sunday is um, all in. want to be all in. That's what God wants. We cannot be divided. If you, if you and your Mate, if you're divided, you're not going. You're not going to accomplish the purpose of God because the marriage is not going to stand. The family is not going to stand if the family is divided. The church not going to stand if it's divided. So you have to have unity. You have to have 
unity. We have to fight to keep the unity of the spirit in a bond of peace. It says in Ephesians chapter 4. And it's important. Let's look at it in, in Ephesians chapter 4. Let's go there. Verse 1. Therefore, out of prison of the Lord implore you uh, to walk in a manner worthy of the calling which I've called you, you've been called, with all humility, that word again, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, showing tolerance for one another in love, being diligent to preserve the unity of the Spirit, that's the Holy Spirit now, in the bond of peace. Because there's one body, one spirit, one Lord is, is oneness in the Godhead. So when you are in relationship to someone, uh, you want to make sure that you're in unity with God. If both people are in unity with the spirit of God, with the word of God, you'll be in unity with each other. But if one of you are following the word of God and the other is not, then you have problems. That's why he said if you marry, marry somebody in the, in the, in the Lord. Because he doesn't want division. And that's important. Let's look at number 10. Our words matter. Our words matter. God says that by our words, by your words you'll be justified, and by your words you'll be what's the word? Condemned. God wants us to emphasize that also. You don't want to be speaking death over your marriage, over your children. I don't care how they are. You want to call those things that be not as though they were. Because that's what God does. He didn't wait for Abraham and Sarah to have a child, he starts speaking it. Starts speaking it. He has changed the name. So every time you say your name, you'll be speaking what he's prophesied over you. We have to start thinking of God, what are you saying for my child? What are you saying for him? I don't care how old your child is. Speak what God says. And it's going to be confirmed by the Holy Spirit and the Word of God because He's going to bring your remembrance those things He said to you. We need to speak it. Don't speak bad things over your children. Don't speak bad things over your marriage. Don't speak bad things over your job. At least you have one. Don't speak bad things over your church. Don't speak bad things over uh, the nation. I'm serious. Don't speak bad things over our uh, incoming president. Don't speak bad things over the going out president. Speak the word of God. All authority is from God. They might not be doing what God said, but he has ordained authority. 
And so you might not like the person or what the person does, but you need to respect the office. That goes for in the home, that goes for at work, that goes for in the church, it goes for all the time in the nation. It goes for everything because God expects you to do that. He says, pray for the, for the nation that you're in captivity in. Pray for them because if, if it, that nation succeeds, you will succeed. So it would be crazy to speak bad things. But see, we, we do that sometimes. We do that sometimes. And, and I know that people might say, well, I don't want to be naming it and claiming it. Well, you need to tell God that. God, what you said in, 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 in Genesis, what you said about Abraham, about he's going to the father of the nation, you take him outside the tent. Look up at the stars. If you can count them, you'll be able to count your offspring. You shouldn't have said that. You're speaking stuff that is not. Sarah, how's she going to have a child? So she can't have no child. So why are you going to tell him that it's going to come from his own body? It's not going to come from the, the person in his household, a, a servant in his household? Why are you going to say that? You call it. God says, I call those things that be not as though they were. So you better be calling your children what might not be now, but it will be. If you speak it enough. Because a lot of times people speak negative and children start believing negative, negative. Speak good things, women, over your husband. He might not be what he should be. He might not even, you know, uh, and he might, he definitely won't be proud of what he thinks he is. But, but you better start speaking good things, good things, and the same thing, uh, husband about your wife. Speak good things, and I know you have already figured it out. So you probably speak good things over your. Why? Because uh, you probably wouldn't eat uh, if you didn't. Okay. But I'm saying that's what you need to do. Speak good things. Uh, so when somebody say, well, uh, how, you, how you doing, Willie? How, how you doing? Uh, I know you, last year you were in the hospital four times, three times with pneumonia, and uh, you went to the emergency room two times with stomach problems. How how you doing now? I'm doing great. Yeah. I'm doing great. Won't you tell me the truth? You know, one of the kings said about the about the, about the prophet. Uh, he always tell me lies. Yeah. He prophesied negative things over me. When the prophet prophesied something over him that was good, he said. Tell me the truth. Okay, you're going to die. You're going out the wall. You're going to die. I told you he was going to say something negative about me. I told you. See, but I'm telling you, we need to speak positive things. When I was in the hospital, I spoke positive things all except one time, the, the one occasion, um, doing the brain surgery thing after that, um, in which God corrected me on that. So uh, I speak good things, good things. The oncologist asked me, well, how you doing, Willie? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. I mean, do you have any hurt? Nope. No pain? Nope. How your limp nose? About the same to me. I mean, I can feel it right here, you know. It's going to go away. And, and, And so some people get upset about that because they want you to, Speak what is rather than what is going to be. Why would I want to speak something that is? I, I mean, I see that. You're getting old. Well, you're getting old. When are you going to retire? When I die. 
That's when I'm going to retire. Who said I'm old anyway? When the Moses, when the guy called Moses to be the leader of Israel, when did he call him to, to, to lead him out of bondage? Eighty years old. I'm not nowhere near eighty. Praise God. I'm, I'm, but that's all right. Some people are. But don't you act like something's wrong with you, right, Mister? If he was through with you, why heal you? Because you'll be you'll be here once on, on, when you get a new body. So he could have left you like this. I'm not gonna heal you. You're too old. God doesn't say nothing like that. So we're gonna talk about that because I want you saying those things, call those things of being. Just be like God. That's all I'm asking you. Be like God. That's all he's saying. Be like me. Be like me. And I hope, I hope we believe that God knows what he's talking about when he said, I call those things that be not as though they were. And he says that as I am, so are you on this earth. So that means we're supposed to be doing what he he does because Jesus said, I do only what the Father does. I say what he he says. So uh, I only do what I see him doing. We got to be like God because we represent God. So uh, I'm going to tell you right now, um, don't say anything negative about me because I'm not going to tell you if I think you, uh, you're going to say something negative. You know, uh, do you have, you still have leukemia? What? That's what they diagnose. I don't, it's not, I don't have no leukemia. It's on its way out. What they diagnose is on the way out. It's on the way out. Yeah. yeah. Number <laughs> 11 of 12. Take worship to a more intimate level. So we're going to do that. And the last one, we must overcome our weaknesses of our flesh. And all of us have weaknesses in the flesh. He wants us to overcome, overcome those weaknesses. Because I don't want, it's a sad thing for us to tell people that there's nothing God can't do. All things are possible through God. You know that problem you have of, Speaking wrong things. Have you dealt with that? You seem like seem like you were doing that ten years ago. Yeah, but you know that, that, that that's different. You don't know the people I'm around. What they got? To, what they got to do with anything? You know. I want to overcome my weaknesses of this flesh, and I have weaknesses. I want to overcome them, and so I need to practice that. I need to practice that. I need to practice that, because. I don't want um, God's name uh, to be not glorified by the unbelievers or by the people in the church either. I want I want people to say, "My goodness gracious, you 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 you've changed, you know, you've changed." And I see that um, Miss Miss Hollow, you don't mind me uh, using you as an example, do you? Okay, good. I was going to do it anyway, but uh, <laughs> you know. Uh, it was a it was a long time before Miss Hollow started losing weight, um, and she is slimmer than she's ever been, and gonna get slimmer because she said so. That's right. She said, "I'm gonna be at my my marriage weight." I said, "Go head on, girl." Woo! <laughs> Praise God, you know. But but it, hey, she is is looking good, yeah, yeah. So I don't care how long it's taken, uh, how long this stuff been going on in, in in our flesh. God 
can give us the strength. He can give us the willpower. It's him who will give us both the will and to do of his good pleasure. So I'm not going to stay like I am. I want to improve. And usually the people who uh, don't see you that often and don't hear you that often, they can tell if every Thanksgiving, every time you go and see them, you haven't seen them in a year, you're the same as you were 10 years ago. We're not going to be that way. God said we're going to work on it. Those are the 12 things that we're going to work on for uh, this year and next year and next year until he takes us home. Because I believe you can find anything that God says, most of it in these things. Right here. He says in Revelation, he who overcomes. He's talking to the churches. He who overcomes. And some of them were doing some good stuff. I mean, they, they, he knew their perseverance. He knew all those things. But I have this one thing. You got to return to your first love. He who overcomes. I said, we're going to overcome. We're going to overcome. So God is so good. Um. We're going to do this thing together. We're going to encourage each other, okay? We're going to encourage each other um, because uh, we all need each other. We need accountability also. So uh, we're going to be doing all this stuff. Let's stand. Thank you for listening to this message from Pastor Taylor and Cornerstone Community Church. We are located in Lynchburg, Virginia at 525 Old Graves Mill Road. You can find us online at cornerstonelynchburg.com Contact us by email, cornerstonecom at comcast.net, or call us at 434-847-4796. We pray the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you peace.